Russian airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this. Your mother is a dirty, dirty fool. The American people, I think, is good people. They are. They have not to charge with the guilty of all the lies. Get the fuck out of here. Welcome back to the Cold War, <laughs> episode 157. Yes. How are you? For Tommy G, he, he has oh, me asking. Yeah, Tommy G? Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, I got an email from one of our listeners right. in England the other day who said, look, um, confession time. I I have I can't remember which podcast it was. He goes, I haven't listened to it for probably a year. I'm still subscribed, <laughs> but I haven't listened to it for a year. Right, it's got time <clears> now. And right, and, and I'm, I'm, it's a bit it's a bit daunting to try and catch up. There's like uh, you know uh, fifty episodes, fifty hours for me to catch up. Right. What he suggested was we. Once or twice a year, we do like uh, everything that's happened in the last year episode. One episode where we Shit. just right? do <clears throat> the story up till now for the last year. And at first I thought, you're fucking crazy. And the more I thought about it, I thought, that could actually be a lot of fun. Right. So what I'm going to propose is starting next week, well, no, maybe when we, when we finish... Caligula, we should do the entire Caesar story up to that point. An overview. All right. In one yeah. In one episode. Yeah. I when yeah. we finish Tito, yeah. before we get on to the next subject, right. same with Renaissance. What are we doing in the Renaissance? Oh, the, the the Inquisition. We should just like summarize everything that's happened to now in one episode. I think that's a great uh, idea. And if you could give me the name of the person in England so I can go Britain kick the shit out of them. I've, I'm ready to go. To be fair, yeah. that episode that we do is what most history podcasts yes. do full stop. You got that right. It's the Reader's Digest <laughs> version. We will. We're and then we level. can just put out, yeah. we can put out a Reader's Digest episode every six months. Right. And there are some people that will just be happy listening to that. I'll package it up as a little pack. You can buy the Reader's Digest right. version pack. And then, so you just listen to one episode every six months. It's yeah. a bit like Dan Carlin. Everyone, you know, they come in their shorts when Dan Carlin puts out an <laughs> episode hour, once a year. Four hour, yeah. 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 We'll do that, but just as a highlight yeah, reel. Yeah, we can do that. Of everything we've talked about, the high, have, high levels. Do we have to be sober? Are you ever sober? I don't think I've ever known you to be sober ever. I don't have to answer your questions. And Please don't tell me this is you sober, because if this is you sober. That's why I'm normally not sober. Nobody wants this. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. So at the end of our last episode, we talked about the Paris Communards. We talked about how Tito finally, after the, the Stalin had purged the Yugoslav communist leadership. Yes. This new generation of young, hungry communists mm-hmm. is put into place. Well, it's mostly Tito that's put into place. Peter, Tito puts his own people around him, and that's sort of what we're going to talk in this episode, among other things. So he's the secretary of the Yugoslav party, uh, sort of the caretaker secretary from mm-hmm. 1937 to 40. Right. They move first from Vienna to Paris. They're still not allowed in Yugoslavia, obviously. They're still outlawed in Yugoslavia, although they sneak in from time to time. And he moves then from Paris to Zagreb. Right. And starts to build a new leadership team around him. Zagreb, for those of you who haven't worked it out yet, is the capital of Croatia today, the right. largest city of Croatia, the capital of Croatia. And, and we've seen... Back then, right. the largest city in the uh, the kingdom of Yugoslavia, I think. Most definitely, no doubt. Now, we've seen this before. You get someone who, um, even though it probably didn't 
become apparent to them at first. This guy is a natural people person. He's loyal. He's dedicated. And because of his world travels and because of all the things he's seen, good and bad, he's got a pretty good eye for character. He's got a pretty good eye for people. He's going to start building up a team because, like you said, he's made the caretaker. And you, you can be a psychopath. You can do whatever you want, but everybody needs a team. You can't do it all on your own. And not unlike Stalin, he is going to pick people who not only are the real deal, but they're also loyal to him. That's how you stay safe. That's how you move the ball forward. You get good people, but at the same time, they're loyal to you, so you don't have to watch them constantly. And that's what he does. He starts to build this team of loyalists who are also dedicated to the cause. But they're not fanatics, as in, again, to have a four-hour discussion about the finer points of Marxism. They're there to get a job done. I just sent you a link in the Skype window. Click on it. Uh-huh. The origin. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really his baby? Okay. Yeah. I- I'm going to need a moment. Uh, Hanging in the Musée d'Orsay in Paris, man. That's, that's Gustave Courbet's The Origin of the World. He's not wrong. It's just, it's a little there in your face. No pun intended. Oh, I wish it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. La, 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 la. Anyway, so where were we? You know, if you if you click on that link, you can zoom right in too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Zoom. Zoom in, baby. Zoom. <laughs> zoom. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's my desktop wallpaper. <laughs> wallpaper. <clears throat> He's building a now, team. Um, he's building a team. Go ahead. He's building a team. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Less hairy pussy, more yeah. uh, Tito team. <laughs> team Tito. Exactly. Now, Tito uh, once said about the, the, the ways that he judged a man's character, our basic standard was the respect a man enjoyed in his circle. Yeah. If he was a worker, what his attitude was towards other workers, whether he enjoyed their confidence, whether he was a good comrade, whether he was unselfish, whether he was courageous, what his character was like, what respect he enjoyed with regard to his personal life, Mm. whether he was a drunkard, a gambler, what he was like at his trade. So in other words, the complete opposite of how I pick... (laughs) My co-hosts. Sucker. Oh, the greatest scam ever. I this... go looking right. for what? drunken degenerates. That's you, basically how I pick my co-hosts. You look for a you, partner on Facebook. Whose fault is that? You, yeah. Tony, Markham, oh, the worst. just drunken mm. degenerates. Yeah. <clears throat> All older than me, too. Right. Older men. Oh. Someone's got drunken degenerates. Someone's got daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, I hate my dad. He was a drunken degenerate. And now you hate us. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Take take out take out my uh, angst and my co-hosts. Oh my god. Where were so we? his first team members, Team Tito that he put together. Yes. One was Edvard Kardashian. Edward Kardashian. Right. Kardash, I'm going with. Edvard Kardash. He was a Slovenian. Joined the Communist Party when he was 16 years old. Trained as a school teacher. Later became an economist. And ended up the second most powerful man in Yugoslavia. Damn. And these people probably blossomed under Tito. He takes them in. They got good character. But he, he, I think he brings out certain things in them because I think that's what a, a natural leader does. And these guys are going to flower or blossom under his leadership. And that's just going to add to the power of the team. Whereas you just became a greater drunken degenerate <laughs> under my leadership. <laughs> so, so you're blaming me then. You're saying it's all my fault. I'm not not blaming you. Yeah. Gaslighting. More <laughs> gaslighting. <laughs> The second guy he brought on was Alexander Rankovic, a Serbian. Right. Now, note here he's got he's got a Slovenian and a Serbian because, as I said in the last episode, with this younger generation, it doesn't matter if you're yeah. a Croat or a Serb or, or a Slovenian. What's in your heart? You're a communist. Right. Communists yes. are communists are communists. You're all communists. Right. 
Rakovic is a Serbian. He ends up becoming the head of the police and the minister for the interior, the third most powerful man in Yugoslavia. Wow. Um, until, until he ends up having a falling out with Tito <laughs> yeah. when, he, when it turns out he had Tito's bedroom bugged. But that, that happens later. And the third guy was a young guy from Montenegro, Milovan Gilas, who we've mentioned in the last episode and before, wrote the wrote a number of great books on communism. In fact, if if you want to read a good sort of basic book on communism, listeners at home, right? Apart from the rise and fall of communism by Archie Brown, who I had on the show recently. Um, the other book I would recommend is Milovan Gilas's book. Uh, which one is it? The New Class. Right. An analysis of the communist system. Mm. It's a good, ba- good basic introduction to uh, communism, the history of it, dialectical materialism, and and this was written, I think, like in the late fifties, when he was uh, dissident, had already split with Tito, was living in the West, was critical of Yugoslavia's communism and Russia's communism, while still wow. being a communist right. himself, but pointing out where it went wrong, in his opinion, the flaws. So um, yeah, terrific, terrific read, highly recommended. Anyway, he comes on as the third member of Tito's team um, and, uh, you know, becomes a very powerful, next in line to become president at one point. And I'm glad you mentioned this about their backgrounds because all of these guys have peasant or working class background, which the Communist Party, through pain and error, know that that's the kind of people that you want. They're not worried about the finer details. Um, They'll get that. They'll get financial support from the sons and daughters of uh, rich people or whatever. But these guys are workhorses. They're not thoroughbreds. They come together. They're a team and they're going to be able to move the ball forward. And that's exactly what Stalin's looking for. And Tito himself as well. Now, there's a great story by uh, Gilas about his first meeting with Tito. Yeah. Now, Tito, obviously, is not his real name. Right. As we know, his name was Josip Broz, but he was going by Tito. And, uh, yeah, they, they wanted to keep uh, the, the real names secret. <coughs> right. Still at this stage, still illegal to be a communist. And if, and if somebody gets captured, oh. you, you don't want them to be able to give you up, right? Like they're, Mr. they're only going to know your... Right. It's like Mr. Green in the Quentin Tarantino film, just use fake names just because you'd really never know whose side your people are on. Yeah, you get arrested, Mr. White. You don't want him to know you, (laughs) Mr. Orange. You don't want him to know your real name. So um, he meets Tito at a party function. He's he's on a train going home to Belgrade, and and, and he goes, I'm sure I've seen that guy's face somewhere before. And then it comes to him. He realises that he saw his portrait in prison Painted by <laughs> Moshe Pichardi, oh, yes. who we talked about on yes. an earlier episode. <laughs> at He says at his next meeting with Tito, he goes, oh, that's Josip Broz. I okay. saw his painting and Moshe told me who it was. This is the Jewish painter guy. So he said at our next meeting, I felt it my duty to tell him that I knew his real name. Right. He attached no significance to the knowledge and smiled cautiously there was something human and beautiful in that smile, according to Gilles. But the other point that you're making with that story is that all of these guys have been in prison. They've been arrested. They've been roughed up or tortured by the cops. Or so you know. So yeah, they have to be super careful. But they but they've all earned their battle scars. But now they've found each other. Now, as you said, a um, lot of the well, the leadership came from working class backgrounds. But a lot of these communists in the Yugoslav Communist Party were the young intelligentsia, and they were, a lot of them had come from bourgeois parents. Mm. And, uh, you know, they, like the the Cambridge Five, you know, they came from elitist backgrounds, but they could see the problems yes. uh, with, the, with the bourgeois treatment of the working classes, the inequality, uh, just the unfairness of who got the jobs and who got the power. And, of course... Right. Yugoslavia is still a monarchy at this stage um, with all of the, the shit that goes on with monarchies. One of the uh, most notable bourgeois members was a young guy called Ivo Ribar, 
he's not very well remembered because he didn't survive World War II, but he was very popular in the party before then. But one of the great stories I read about him was that he used to shock his working class friends by stubbing out half-smoked cigarettes. Oh. Which is how I feel about when I see people wasting half a cigar, <laughs> the cigar lounge, or when we're in Vegas. Right. You know, with, with, or when we were in Europe. And, you know, there's these people like a Tony Kynaston or a David Markham that don't smoke cigars. They're like, oh, I'll have a cigar. And they smoke <laughs> half of it and then they go, oh, I've had enough. And they put it down. No. I'm like, well. You son of a bitch. What are you going to do with the other yeah. half of the cigar? That's $20 worth of cigar you're just leaving sitting there. <laughs> Took seven years yes. to make that cigar. On a virgin. You're just going to waste it. Yes. Yeah, so Chrissy and I, you know, always... Finishing people's cigars for them. Well, we're gonna we're gonna smoke it. Fucking hell! I put my mouth on it. Yeah. So uh, then Tito gets invited back to Moscow in 1939. Again, little bit of a dicey trip, <laughs> but he goes anyway. That's where he's officially appointed the general secretary of the Communist yes. Party. Not just the acting, right? But the official now general secretary of the Yugoslav God. Communist Party. He had to earn that. It took years. I guess the communists are, are smart to be careful and safe and truly vet someone for years to see if they are a true believer, to see if they'll hang around through kind of the shit that you put them through. But he is a true believer. And while he's there, uh, he, well, yeah, before that, I'm not sure exactly where he hooked up with her. I think it was in Moscow. Might have been back in Zagreb. He's got a new woman, new girlfriend, Herta Hass, Herta the Flirter. Um, she's uh, supposedly a, a beautiful uh, young woman of mixed Slovene and German origin. She gets pregnant by Tito and bears him a son, Alexander, or Misha for right. short. He's born in early 1941, but by the time he's born, Tito has moved on. On. Right. Well, I mean, love is love. Lust is lust. And there's this young student communist who um, in Zagreb who's now studying radio telegraphy, radio communication by means of Morse code. Um, Davor Janka. I don't even know how to say that name, but the point is, as much as his the mother of his child is hot, this lady is very beautiful. She is half not even half his age. Now, the downside of that is a lot, and you get this a lot with uh, beautiful women, and I'm sure you can attest to this with Chrissy. She's hysterical. She's self-obsessed. She's foul-tempered, and she's such a drama queen. The communist leaders don't like her. They like Herta so much better. But Tito absolutely falls for her probably twice a day. But the point is, he's got these two loves going on. Did you actually look up a photo of her? Um, I looked up the first one. She was cute. What is the hot yeah, one? This one, like? Shadenka. Oh, Shedenka. yeah, hot. Totally <laughs> smoking hot. Yeah, smoking hot. Um, but yeah, she, like she was, she was crazy though. And my right. kind of girl, gorgeous and crazy. Um, best feature, best feat. She had the she. <laughs> She had the best feature that you really want in a hot mistress too. What's that? She was crazy in the sack <laughs> and she died a few years later. So, oh, you know, just convenient. No baggage. Yeah, done. No baggage. Yeah. He, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Just That's <laughs> horrible. Please God, strike when you strike me not, down. Not not by his dying. She got like right. tuberculosis yeah, yeah, or no, something. It so him. it was just a Yeah. It was a clean split. <laughs> and he was like, oh fucking dodge the Dodge that bullet. Like, seriously. I mean, right. I couldn't get out. She yeah. was too crazy to get out. But I wasn't going to give uh, that you ever up. Been in a, yes. You ever been in a relationship where yes. you're going, just please, God, please kill her? I, like, just don't. Right. Like, don't, don't, don't make it painful. Just quick. Right. And nothing that can get tied back to me, but just, I need an out. I'm, listen, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm an atheist, but I tell you what, if you if do you this do, for me. If you do this solid for me, I'll come to the church. Eh. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> you know, Christmas you get me half the way there. And Easter. Just, I I did have an intense three week relationship with someone who was insane, but great in bed. And when it ended, I was relieved and my penis was sad, but I was relieved. So uh, I've been where Tito has been, speaking, mm, generally speaking. Mm. And did you keep the dog after that, or did you have to get rid of it because you couldn't look at her anymore? 
<laughs> no, got rid of the dog too. Yeah. 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 Oh, two. Oh, I thought it was. She was a waitress in an Italian yeah. restaurant, and I'm starting to get hard just thinking about her. We should probably move along. Sarah, I miss you. <laughs> softy not my penis did you my have heart. to kill her off as did you have to kill her off as well give no. her a little bit of tuberculosis give no. her the tuberculosis rug <laughs> i was actually in college taking classes to be a cop and she was uh she liked the ganja a lot i think i scared her away um i think you were that's gonna happened. become a cop yeah it was a very when did this happen oh god i was like 21 22 or something i don't know it's a long time. Oh ago. my god! Yeah. Freeze, pig! Were you tall Freeze. enough to be a cop? <laughs> were you tall enough to be a cop? Um, maybe the cop mascot. I'm not sure. I don't know. I didn't. I never really got that far. <laughs> I never got that far. <laughs> oh shit! I'm sharing. Anyway, too much. as you said, yes. you're, <laughs> you're sharing what? Way too much. Please, please take over. Yeah. Whew. You were uh, so Jadenka, the yes. hot mistress, was right. very unpopular with the rest of the communist leaders. They preferred her to the flirter. She was brave and gentle, <laughs> yes. but Tito wanted Jadenka because she was crazy in the sack. Woo! She became his radio operator and secretary, and both Herder and Jadenka were known as his common law wives. <laughs> I've had a few of those, but there's another story. So anyway, Yugoslavia had some trouble uh, before World War II. But to put yeah. it in perspective, their troubles weren't as bad as some other countries. I mean, the Soviet Union, Germany, Austria, Hungary, Italy, Spain have all got dictatorships of one yeah. form or another going on. The suppression of civil liberties. Right. Uh, so does Yugoslavia. I mean, it's got a monarchy, which is essentially a dictatorship, and the suppression of civil liberties. The communists are banned. The fascists are banned. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a lot of that is because of their attempts to use terrorism, and certainly in the case of the Ustasha, to, to destabilize oh, yeah. the state. But, you know, and there's violence between Serbs and Croats, but the violence between the Irish and the English were probably even worse at this stage. So they've got repression, they've got violence, but that's probably not the worst uh, situation in Europe at the time. Yeah. But that all changed in 1939 when the regent, Uncle Paulie, uh, <laughs> Uncle Paulie Walnuts, uh, said... Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and... Came up with some kind of peace deal between the Croats and the Serbs called Sporatsum. 
or the agreement in right. English. But but he's I I mean we can joke about it, but I think he was literally trying to solve what he saw as the biggest problem, the tension between the Croats and the Serbs. So he's got this idea. I'm going to uh, make this agreement between Vlatko Macek, Macek, the leader of the Croatian Peasant Party, and uh, a Serb politician who was sympathetic to non-Serbs. So if I can get these two guys in the room, I'll come up with an agreement. Maybe I can ease some of the tension and make this a little bit better place because we're going to see there's very specific reasons why he needs to dampen down the tension and the drama in his country. Because like you said, the rest of Europe is fucking falling apart. He created a semi-autonomous zone for the Croats, which included the southwestern region of Bosnia-Herzegovina, where the Roman Catholics outnumbered the Orthodox. Remember, Croats are Catholics, Serbians are Orthodox. So they were given that area, and it was understood that the rest of Bosnia would come under the rule of the Serbs. Right. Now, unfortunately, the Muslims who made up a third of the population of Bosnia-Herzegovina were included in any kind of autonomous region. So they were unhappy with this whole deal. They started arcing up. They outnumbered the Christians in a lot of the towns in Bosnia. And they also belong to the, you know, the, the this also used to be the Ottoman Empire, right? So the Muslims right. uh, were the previous governing class. So they, they've also been more involved in the political life of the the this region, the countryside. So they're being shut out. Yes. They're unhappy with this. So Paulie Walnuts is trying to do a deal to make everyone happy, but he's leaving the Muslims out. Um, and this is going to have repercussions. In the future, yeah. right, right through to you know the problems in 1991 with the the Muslims yeah. in the region. But I, I think it's I think it's um, legitimate to say that he wasn't trying to be a cunt because if he can come up with a deal, and yes, for a second he is forgetting about the Muslims, whether it's intentional or not. But if he can create a deal that creates less tension in the area, then maybe the people of Yugoslavia will come together and they'll be less susceptible to the outside pressures. Because as you mentioned a second ago, you know, Hitler's already taken Austria. He's occupied Czechoslovakia. Mussolini has taken Albania in April of 1939. So if they don't get their house in order, if they are not united, there's a good chance parts of Yugoslavia is going to be picked off by the various neighbors, or, or the whole thing might come un- apart. And if you've got this region with these three different groups of people and there's tension and there's not unity, it could end up being another little civil war right there, f- even forgetting for a second what's already going on in Europe. So he needs to get his house united so it can't be divided. Yeah, uh, and he's got the Ustasha that are being supported, oh, yeah. as I said in the last episode, by Germany and Italy, Hungary, Bulgaria. They're already you know, a fifth column in the country. Yes. He's got the communists running around at various levels. The Soviet Union then annexes eastern Poland as part of the deal with Germany. Right. So, and, and also they take Finland, Romania, parts of them anyway, and some of the Baltic states. So Yugoslavia is feeling isolated and vulnerable yes. and... But at this point, they're kind of not really on Hitler's radar anyway. Hitler is busy planning Operation Barbarossa in 1941. But then Mussolini (laughs) fucked up his invasion of Greece and had to ask Hitler for support. The Greeks are finally getting their revenge on the Romans and the Romans have to call in the Goths for support. Caesar... Would be rolling in his grave if he could see all this going on. It's like, come on! Now, I, th- I just worth. I think it's worth taking a moment to, to give that a little context because Hitler's been thinking about invading Russia all the way back to the Battle of Britain. So now he's got everything he's getting in place. He doesn't have time for drama in the Balkans. He's getting ready to, to invade. And like you said, on October 28, 1940, Mussolini uses the already conquered Albania to invade Greece. And I cannot describe with enough passion how quickly the Greeks rise up push the Italians back into Albania and almost push them into the sea. This is hugely embarrassing for Mussolini, but also for Hitler because he can't have the Axis powers. He can't have this pact of steel look like it's um, like it's breakable, like it can be defeated. So he's got to jump in on this. 
And yes, it's going. He's got he's got to distract himself for a couple of minutes from Russia. But the point is, this is much too big to let go. So in December of 1940, again, he can't let the Axis look weak. Hitler gives the orders for the invasion of Greece. But here's where it gets a little tricky because he's got to deal with the geography of the area. Yeah, so if you pull up a map and you go, well, how do you get troops from Germany to Greece? They've got to pass through the Balkans, basically. Yes. Uh, Through Romania and Bulgaria, at the least, which sort of border Yugoslavia to the east. So he's going to need at least sort of uh, permission or acquiescence from Yugoslavia to move a massive amount of troops very close to their area. So in February of 1941, Hitler summoned the Yugoslav Premier and the Foreign Minister to Berchtesgaden to basically try, yeah, for a banquet in their (laughs) honour, to try and do a deal. Now, um, you know, this goes on for a few days and if, uh, look... we, we, we listen. Don't get me wrong. We like we like you, Adolf, uh, a lot. Yeah, love Huge it. Fan. Love it. Particularly, yeah. particularly that inside voice thing that you do. You know, like, <laughs> that, who would we didn't know? Spring, who knew? Spring? Yeah, who knew? The perfect. Yeah, I mean, we're the old Schwarzenstreichstein Fuschenlachter. Do you know what it's? It's like it's like the exact opposite of Batman. I'm Bruce Wayne. I'm Batman. I'm Adolf Hitler. I mean, it's it's perfect. It's perfect. It's the reverse of that. It's no, it's it's it. No, no, it's exactly the same. His oh. on stage Adolf Hitler is oh, his yeah, Batman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking forward. His quiet inside is his Bruce right. Wayne. Like he is, he, you know, this is where Batman got it from. Like first, first, first edition of Batman no, is what 1930, you can't, 1939? You can't do that. You can't touch Batman. Batman like. First. Like Batman, May nineteen thirty nine. Oh, you're uh, right. People don't know this, right? It, you know, cre- created by two Jews, right? Um, who were huge fans of Hitler. Um, yeah, a lot of people. In daytime don't, and lot nighttime, people, Hitler. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, oh yeah, the God. guys that came up, Bob Kane. And uh, right. Jerry Robinson, the, you know, the guys that came up with Batman. Yeah. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, you know, big fans of Hitler. Um, so couldn't get enough. Right. And they, they, were, they, they, they uh, you know, had studied this inside voice and outside voice thing. Hitler and decided, <laughs> Said, you, you know, know, we'll just, Batman is the American that. Hitler, basically. That's how it. Uh, <laughs> he does like to rub people up. He's not a big fan originally, of the rules or the law. Well, see, a lot yeah. of a lot of people don't know this, but the the like the the first version of Batman they came up with, he was a playboy, right. billionaire, Bruce Wayne during the day. At night, right. he was going around gassing Jews, um, <laughs> and they did, you know, yeah. they 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 uh, put put that one out. They put a like a yeah. like a pre pre edition of that out just to test the waters, really. And right, how'd that go? Well, you know, look, people admired the boldness of the concept, I have to say. They love they love the concept of a Batman. They were like, listen, right. guy dressing up as a bat, love it, love it. Fantastic. Right. Don't know don't know don't know why we uh, haven't seen this before. Well, we have. We we just copied it off of, you know, Count Dracula. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. But apart from that, like this new but uh yeah. The fangs and the killing of the Jews bit. Yeah. You know, we're thinking pointy, that. Pointy uh, yeah. Yeah. We're Turn thinking maybe, just some notes right. we have on that. How about <laughs> he just chases, uh, flip it, yeah. he, he chases supervillains. Yeah. Supervillains, yeah. you know, he the catches, Joker. Catches guy. Does Batman then have a, uh, a German accent? Like, does he capture a bad guy and go, Fastest del Nama bitter? Or, or does yeah. he go right for English? I okay. Uh, the, the original version of him, yeah. He when he um, when he put on the mask and he was flying around Gotham at right. night. He was like, well, get the name of the city, by the way, Goth Am. Yes, he, it, yes. Yeah, he was a. It was a goth. He was a gothic Jew right. hunter, <laughs> and he would he would swing around going Stein Bristol. 
was not to fracken. She was not crying. <coughs> what happened was... Oh... They couldn't write the letters big enough in the comic panels (laughs) and they had to tone it, literally tone it down uh, to fit it on the page, you know. You answered a question for me. I always wondered why Batman's mask didn't cover the lower half of his face. And so I could talk (laughs) like that! No, it's because he had a a mustache. He had a little Hitler mustache, the original (laughs) version of Batman. (laughs) I want people to see it! To fear it! Yeah. Uh, people were like, because they couldn't get, because <laughs> Bruce Wayne had a Hitler mustache because he was a big Hitler fan and he put the mask right. on and you could still see the mustache. And people were like, this, look, that's Bruce, that's listen, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. not for nothing, but you're either Charlie Chaplin, <laughs> Adolf Hitler, or, or Bruce Wayne and, uh, yeah. With that, I don't know, with the mustache and the voice, I'm going with, uh, well, either Hitler or Bruce Wayne because, you know. uh, Chaplin's mm. of California, right. Yeah. You know, his original name wasn't Bruce Wayne. It was Bruce Wayne Wayneowski, originally. (laughs) Zanowski. He he came, he had to change it at Ellis Island. (laughs) Oh, my God. How did we get this? (laughs) Bruce Wayneowski. Sounds a bit Russian, actually. Need to make it more Jewish. So, Vanerberg, v- right. v- 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 Vanerberg, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, Vanerberg was his original name. Anyway, so Hitler so the invites German, the Yugoslav yes, premier yes. and the foreign minister to Berkesgarden. Starts off plying them with uh, homemade schnapps, which he didn't drink yes. himself, obviously, because he was a teetotaler. No. He was a teetotaler. Tito, teetotaler, <laughs> teetotaler. Teetotally totalitarian, something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and a vegetarian. And uh, eventually he started to, his inside voice started to become his outside voice very quickly. <laughs> oh, shit. So after long negotiations, Yugoslavia, Romania and Bulgaria signed a pact with Germany, the Tripartite Pact on the 25th of mm-hmm. March, right. that where, where Germany gave them assurance that they would respect their sovereignty, would not ask for any military help, and would respect mm-hmm. Yugoslavia. They wouldn't march troops through Yugoslavia, but they're going to march troops down through Romania and Bulgaria to get to Greece. Right. However... And- and I just want to mention this real quick, and, and I don't know if you wrote this down, but one of the books we're using by Mr. West, is it Richard West? I love that he had a commentary for for this because he's basically saying, now, one, the Yugoslavs and the Germans have been actually negotiating this for months. This is just the tail end of the negotiations. And even though the Yugoslavs don't like it, even, even though they're generally pro-British or whatever, they're not exactly happy to see Germany running around taking territory. This is a good deal for them. Germany will leave them alone. They won't come in their territory. So it's not a bad situation. But Mr. West writes, however, common sense, caution, and an instinct for self-preservation were all on the side of accepting the pact. But these are not Serbian characteristics. So things aren't going to go very well. They, They initially agree with this, but not everybody's happy. So when news of this uh, gets to Yugoslavia, the Serbian Orthodox Patriarch, Gavrilo Dosic, protested to Prince Paul, Prince Paulie Walnuts, the region. (laughs) Then he went on the radio and appealed to the Serbs to rally behind their faith. Mm. Now, on the 27th of March, a couple of days later, some pro-Western... The Allies, Serbian Nationalist Royal Yugoslav Army Air Force officers, led by their commander, Simovic, mounted a coup d'etat in Belgrade, deposed the regent, Prince Paul, and put in his place the 18-year-old King Peter because history has shown that (laughs) in times of of war... Yeah, you really want right. somebody who's never been involved in a war before to be leading a country. <laughs> that I 
You know, if history has taught us anything, Ray, I'm pretty sure that is undeniable. That's the way, that's the way to go. Just adding a bit of drama to the story, Prince Paul uh, is able to climb down a drain pipe uh, right out a window out of his suite and is able to escape with his government. So, you know, he, I, I would imagine it would have not gone very well if he had been captured by the new government, but fortunately he's able to make his escape in a rather dashing way. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, this is the story of uh, Paul in the Bible escaped out of a drain pipe once too when he was being <laughs> held he? in uh, yeah in Damascus he escaped out of a drain pipe I didn't I know, know. I did ch- yeah. so what is what does this new government do about the tripartite pact that has been signed they uh, put it on the ground all stood <laughs> around it dropped <laughs> their pants and uh, ceremonially pissed on right. King Peter. King Peter took the lead, pissed on with it, his, then took a with dump. With Peter, right? Yeah. With <laughs> Yes. I dubbed the, with the P of my Peter, cancelled. Anyway. Yeah. Now, they cancelled the tripartite pact, um, and then a bunch of crowds started forming in the streets, which may have been organised by the Communist Party of Yugoslavia, um, started smashing all of the windows in the Gestapo headquarters, which was also the <laughs> German tourist board building, and tore, up, and tore yeah. up the swastika flags. Yeah. Now that's now, nationalism. Wow. Over in London, Winston Churchill said, Today, Yugoslavia has found its soul. <laughs> and, but, of course, that uh, makes the people of Yugoslavia even more excited it adds to the mood of jubilation, and these people are going crazy until you get back to Hitler. But I do want to say real quick that Mussolini was actually happy about all this drama because he was looking for an excuse to get some more territory in Slovenia and Dalmatia, and now he's got it because he knows Hitler is going to lose his shit when he hears about this cancellation of uh, the deal that he had just made. Now, when Hitler first heard about the destruction of the flag in the Gestapo headquarters... Should we act he... this out? Should this? Should we do a scene? <laughs> yeah, let's do a scene. Uh, <clears throat> Come in! <laughs> Come mein Führer! Mein yeah. Führer! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm afraid I have some very disappointing news for you, my Fiora. I sound a little bit Japanese. That's because I have been in Japan a long time. Hi. That is it. But that's... The Yugoslavs, my Fiora, they have uh, overthrown the government, tore up the swastika flag, and destroyed the Gestapo uh, headquarters in Belgrade. Uh, Lieutenant, what is your name? Dumkopf, mein Führer, Lieutenant Dumkopf. Lieutenant <laughs> Dumkopf, let me be the first one to tell you, and the, not the last one, I'm sure, your sense of humor is uh, shite. That was not funny. I don't know what... Uh, I'm going into... Scheiße? I'm going Scheiße. into a French accent now. <laughs> uh, I don't oh, listen oh, oh. to comedy to routines. Now tell me true what happened. <laughs> uh, mein Führer, I. I, I, <laughs> I do a German accent. <laughs> mein Führer, it is the truth. They have, they, they have destroyed the Gestapo headquarters and have destroyed the flag. I've, I would not. God you, know me, you know me, mein Führer. I would not. Uh, uh, fuck around with this. Excuse, <laughs> excuse my French. Yeah, yeah. If you will excuse me, I am going to how the Americans say shit a brick. You are dismissed. It's like that uh, scene from Downfall, the old Hitler finds out about scene. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Downfall, the Hitler mm. movie. You know, the famous internet meme where Hitler loses his shit. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. And he's being told, you know. Yeah. Fucking goes insane, you know. Hitler lost his shit. 
Yeah, well, there, there was a witness there saying that he literally started chewing on objects in the room to try to calm himself down. He's screaming. But the point is, he doesn't say anything to the Yugoslavs. He literally just creates Operation uh, Operation Enterprise number 25. There's going to be invasion. But he says, we're not going to have any diplomatic inquiries. They will not be made. And there will be no ultimatums presented. They are literally just going to sucker punch Yugoslavia from the air. They'll have no idea what's going on because even though he has this intense reaction, the Yugoslavs have no idea what's going on. I also heard it's called Operation Punishment or Operation yes. Retribution. Retribution. The other names. Yes. Yeah. That's sexy. That's just fucking sexy. <laughs> yeah. He's basically just going to come in and bomb yeah. the shit out of them. Now, the <laughs> Yugoslavs exactly. had no idea what was coming. Tito... Yeah had rushed to Belgrade after the coup d'etat. Then he went back to Zagreb, apparently thinking it was all over, got a new government in place. Um, The new Prime Minister, General Dushan Simovic, the uh, Air Force officer who had led the coup d'etat, arranged for his daughter's wedding to take place on the 6th of April. The, everyone's everyone's getting happy, uh, getting ready for a nice uh, sort of Easter weekend. Right. Um, but early on the morning of the 6th of April, as crowd of, of Easter worshippers were going to church, shoppers were going to the open markets, 7 yeah. o'clock in the morning, the first wave of German bobbers, bombers came in from across the Danube and attacked the military airport, the anti-aircraft guns and the water system and just started destroying everything in sight. And I have to add real quick, even the communists in Yugoslavia, like Tito, were generally pleased that weekend because the day before, April 5th, 1941, there was a treaty of friendship and non-aggression signed between Yugoslavia and the Soviet Union. So everybody, for different reasons, is thinking this is a good time uh, for Yugoslavia, and this is a particular, you know, for those who are religious, this is going to be the Easter weekend, this is going to be awesome. So everybody seems to be generally calm and happy, and like you said, just literally with no warning, because there's no lookouts, there's no air sirens, bombs start falling from the sky. And not just falling from the sky, like dive bombing them and just taking out everything. Um, I read that the Stuka dive bombers were flying almost a rooftop level, (laughs) destroying blocks of flats and hospitals, churches, schools, the National Library, which had a collection of medieval manuscripts that all got destroyed. Assholes. In um, Tito Speaks, the journalist Vladimir Dedeger, who was there... He was raised in Belgrade, went to school there. He said, in the very centre of Belgrade, a bomb hit the Church of the Assumption and a shelter in its immediate vicinity where a wedding party sought refuge with the bride in white, the groom with rosemary in his buttonhole, the priest in his gold-embroidered robes, 200 persons in all. Nobody emerged alive from the shelter. At 11am came the second attack, more violent than the first, Anarchy in the city was complete. Gypsies from the outskirts penetrated the centre of town and broke into shops, dragging away expensive furs, food, even medical instruments. A bomb hit the zoological gardens and the wild animals started roaming through the burning city. A polar bear made its way to the river Sava, groaning painfully. So literally, it was fire and brimstone coming down from the sky, (laughs) rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave, human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. (laughs) Enough, I get the point. (laughs) So, God, I love that. Bill Murray at the end. So four hours after the first bomb, Tito, who's in Zagreb, hears the news about the bombing on a German broadcast, because again, he's fluent in German, and the uh, radio Belgrade is no longer functioning because that's been taken out. So Tito goes to the center of the town. He passes by the headquarters of the Croatian Peasant Party, and the militiamen there tell him they are welcoming the German invasion, but literally caught off guard. Nobody knows what's going on. Not that it matters, because by April 10th, German tanks 
are in Zagreb. Two days later, they're in Belgrade. This is over. Everything that everybody's been working for is, as far as the entity that is Yugoslavia is no more because the Italian army is also coming down the coast. Uh, young King Peter and his cabinet drive to Bosnia. Then they go to Montenegro and then they have to fly to Jerusalem on April 12th. The country is lost. It is going to be carved up like a Thanksgiving turkey. All the unity they've been working on for the decades has been ended by Hitler. The Yugoslav army collapsed like a one-legged man at an ass-kicking party. <laughs> collapsed f- faster than Ray in Vegas. That's because I'm easy. Not Anyway. Sorry. They lay down faster than Heather does when D'Angelo <laughs> knocks on the front door. She answers the door laying down. It's, it's, it's really sad to see. But a clever trick for me, quite honestly. Yeah, it is. How, how to, as she, she opens, opens the her, door. Her toe. Yeah. yeah, then the legs are already open. I don't want to talk about it anymore. King yeah. Peter showed all of the strength and courage that uh, he was known for by running away uh, immediately <laughs> from the capital. <laughs> He and members of his cabinet, as you say, uh, got the fuck out of Dodge and ended up in Jerusalem. Because when you're being bombed by the Nazis... That's where you want to be. There's nowhere you really want to be than surrounded by Jews. Um, Now, (laughs) Tito compares the king's behaviour, King Peter this is, with uh, King Peter's grandfather who had retreated with his troops through Albania and then adds, the king and the government did not forget to take part of the gold of the National Bank with them and loaded 10 Mm. cases into one of the planes. When they were flying over Greece through a storm, one of the cases fell on one of the ministers and killed him. Oh, my God. What a way to go. What a way to go. Killed by gold. (laughs) Who, Who was the guy... Crassus? Yes, Crassus. Yeah, in Parthia. Molten anyway, gold sorry. poured down his yes. throat. You love gold like so much? Cal- you go, bitch. Yeah. Khaleesi's, Khaleesi's uh, brother in Game yes. of Thrones got it too. <laughs> well, this, this minister was known to say... Welcome to 1975, Ashton Powers and Farsha. Excuse me while I change. The holler boogie has made me sweaty. Yeah, sweaty. You see, Mr. Powers. I love gold. <clears throat> the look of it, the taste of it, the smell of it, the texture. I love gold so much that I even lost my genitalia in an unfortunate smelting accident. Hence the name, Gold Member. Just realized his <gasps> accents are about as good as ours. <laughs> oh, Mr. Powers. Yeah. yeah. Where's our yeah. millions well, of dollars? Well, one day. Anyway. We'll get, one, day. one day. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> now, all of this means, though, interestingly enough, yeah. the, the whole invasion of Yugoslavia, Operation Retribution, Delayed the start of Operation Barbarossa by a month. It was supposed to happen in May. It didn't happen till late in June. Yeah. Which meant that the German army ended up getting caught in the Russian winter around Moscow and Leningrad later on in the year. Uh, And later on, Tito took credit for that. He was like, well, (laughs) we helped stop Hitler, you know. Yeah. If he hadn't have been busy bombing the fuck out of us, <laughs> so, uh, he would have got to Russia earlier. So you're, you're welcome, welcome, Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great what ifs, what ifs of history. Yeah. Well, then came the division of Yugoslavia. The Third Reich took northern Slovenia. Italy took the southern part of Slovenia, the Dalmatian coast of Montenegro. Albania, which was one of Italy's vassal states, took Kosovo. Bulgaria Mm -hmm. took back the parts of Thrace and Macedonia that they'd lost to Greece and Serbia during the Second Balkan War 
1913. Hungary took a region mm. as well of some of the fertile farmland. And what was left of Serbia got placed under the Wehrmacht High Command to be treated exceptionally badly, in the quote, now, in, the, in the words of uh, Hitler. Yeah. Hitler was like, I want you to have this and treat it very roughly. I mean, damn, his revenge knows no bounds. What's that from? Treat them roughly. I don't know. Oh, it's Monty Python. <laughs> oh, is it? Treat them roughly, said Tuian. Waffly. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you dare to wade us? To what, sir? Strike him, St. Joyan, very roughly. Ah! <coughs> oh, and uh, throw him to the floor, sir. What? Throw him to the floor again, sir? Oh, yes, throw him to the floor, please. Ah! Now, Jewish rapscallion. I'm not Jewish, I'm a Roman. A Roman? No, no, Roman. Anyway, yes. Right. Inner Croatia, Slavonia, other parts of Dalmatia, Bosnia, Herzegovina were recognized on the 10th of April as the independent state of Croatia under. The uh, highly esteemed leadership of none other than the Catholic terrorist himself, (laughs) Ante Pavelic, the leader of the Ustasha. So that brief experiment, they had been a country uh, since World War I, so for 29, 39, 22 years now been broken up yes uh, amongst Italy Germany Bulgaria Hungary and the Ustash <laughs> it is no more the catholic yeah. fascists and this is what tito has to deal with after the war oh good point so i guess the point of all of this you know the point of these last four or five episodes is just showing that by the time Tito comes to power, this place has just been a clusterfuck for decades. <laughs> right. Right? right. It's uh, oh, yeah. Christian, on, Christian on Christian violence all over the place. Serbs yeah. killing Serb Christians, assassinating an Austrian Christian leading to World War I. Then you've got uh, a Croat Christian killing a Serb Christian king. You've got... Catholics killing Orthodox, Orthodox killing Catholics, and then the Nazis coming in and killing everybody uh, and taking control. And the other thing is, during this uh, World War II, people are going to remember who was loyal to the Allies, who was loyal to the Axis, and who was loyal to the people around them, you know, locally. So there's going to be a lot of bad blood when World War II is over, and there's going to be a lot of payback as well. As there always is and as there yes. always will be. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Nailed it. An iron curtain has descended across the continent. It's <laughs> hot. Let's kill our way to freedom. Soviet military buildup on the island of Cuba. The purpose of these bases can be none other than to provide a nuclear strike capability against the Western Hemisphere. Mm, that's a good point. I want this person dead. I want their family dead. I want their dog dead. Why would you not try to have... You, sometimes you have to hear from someone else. That is all the matters. Um, shock, gasp? No, I did not. Can you tell me about him? It's not the link, it's what you do with it while you have it. It's fun to talk about. Let's go, Kansas. 
I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you can move off my penis, bigger, it's different. My penis. Let's go with penises. Jesus. Yeah, you've got abortion. You'd see something really ugly. It's gotten to the point now where it's just not worth it. Up your fucking game. What's up, motherfucker? All right, Hitler. Nazi sexy. Sexy. Love it. Love it. One love, one heart. Let's give together and feel all right. 